not, except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise Jesus. Alright, so we come to the book of Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19. Do not remember the former things. Somebody say, I choose to forget the former things. I refuse to consider the things of old. I declare that God is doing a new thing. Now listen, one of the things you need to understand is that death and life rest on your tongue. Praise God. With your tongue, you change your level. With your tongue, you change your status. With your tongue, positive things are initiated in your life. So as we are speaking and confessing the word of God, we want to do it with boldness and with understanding. Say, I choose to forget the former things. I refuse to consider the things of old. I boldly declare my God is doing a new thing. It's springing forth in my life. I know it. A way is made for me in the wilderness. Rivers have been made in the desert. I boldly confess it's my season of new doors. I enter new doors of favor. New doors of grace. New doors of righteousness, new doors of promotion, new doors of elevation, so it shall be in your life. You are blessed. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was open unto me of the Lord. Somebody say, a door is open unto me. Or oh, say it aloud, a door is open unto me. Now, uh, uh, we establish the fact that when God opens doors, no man can shut it. That was the meaning and the inspiration behind the song that we were singing. It's a new level, it's a new season for someone. If you were that person, your amen will show it. Amen. Somebody say, it's a new season for me. It's a new level for me. Doors are opening to me. Strength doors are opening to me. Doors of favor are opening unto me. Doors of greatness are opening unto me. Doors for the gospel are opening unto me. He said, a door was opened unto me by the Lord. Thank God it was not opened to you by the president. Thank God it was not opened to you by your father. 
It does not open unto you by your balls, but by the Lord. Because the Bible says, Who is he that saith a thing that it cometh to pass when the Lord had not commanded it? He says that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep watch over the city, the watchmen wake, but in vain. When God opens doors, you can be sure the door is permanently open. And that is why I declare unto you in this season, the doors that are opening unto you in this season, those who have opened, those who that are yet to be opened, and those that are opening tomorrow, they shall remain permanently open. I said those doors shall be, remain permanently open. In the name of Jesus. So last week we established three foundational thoughts. We established the fact that we serve a God who opens doors that no one can shut. And then we established also that not everyone is able to enter into new doors. Somebody say, I'm an exception. God opens the doors and I enter them. Yes, so we established that not everybody is able to enter the new doors God opens. And then we said that we need to be spiritually sensitive to know the new doors God is opening and discover what to do to enter them accordingly. Somebody say, I'm spiritually sensitive. I'm spiritually alert. I identify the doors God is opening and I enter them boldly. Praise God. Praise God. You see, I, I'll be teaching on a new church, a new culture, a new church, a new attitude. One of the things you need to understand about this new face of our church is that the name comes into manifestation as you speak forth. The church name is life. And life comes through our tongue. Death and life are in the power of a tongue. So confession and confessing the word of God is going to be an integral part of our worship. Praise God. Uh-huh. So just, just, just get yourself in the mood because it's going to happen and many times than you can possibly uh, remember. Praise God. So we said that not everybody enters doors that God opens. Not everybody is able to enter the new doors God opens. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 9, the Bible says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries. Somebody say many adversaries. Say many adversaries. A great door and effectual is opened unto me. There are many adversaries. We can simply consider that as things that when you say many adversaries is simply looking at things that possibly can stop you from entering the doors. He said God has opened the door. But there are many adversaries. And the adversaries I want to look at are not external adversaries. I'm dealing with internal adversaries. Somebody say internal adversaries. Say internal adversaries. Because we have already established that if you are born again, no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. So once you get born again, you don't want to so much preoccupied with who is against you, what is against you in the flesh. Because it really doesn't matter. First John 4, 4, let it turn you of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody say, I'm born an overcomer. I am of God and I am an overcomer. The greater one lives in the inside of me. That's what the Bible can boldly tell the New Testament believer. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Because there's a greater one in the inside of you. 
3 John chapter 5, verse 4. He said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I appreciate the fact that things will come against you. I appreciate the fact that weapons will be fashioned against you. But I appreciate the greater fact that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. I don't want you to have more faith in Satan than your faith in God. A lot of Christians have more faith in what Satan is doing and they know very little to nothing about what God is doing and what Christ has done. That's the reality of this new face. In this new face, we emphasize the Christ life. Somebody say the Christ life. The The victorious life, the zoe of God. That is our emphasis. And you need to understand that as a member of this commission. That's the emphasis. Who we are in Christ is a reality. It's not theoretical, it's a reality, it's a practical reality. And when you become conscious of it, you see, it's one thing knowing something, it's another thing walking in the conscious reality of it. You have to be conscious, conscious, conscious of who you are. Conscious. You sit in the car, you hear an evil news, conscious of who you are. I'm exempted. Here of road crashes, I'm exempted. Conscious of who you are. Plane crash, I'm exempted. Conscious of who you are. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all his ways. Conscious of who you are. Somebody say, I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I know what I have. It's all, it's all important. It's all important. So he says, there are many adversaries. I'm not looking at adversaries that are outside because those adversaries have already established that they cannot be against you. Romans 8.31, if God be for us. How many of you believe that God is for you? amazing god is for me nothing can stand against me god is for me i will not be moved praise god if god be for us now at that time it was a question but now it's a reality god is for you somebody say god is for me he's for you all the time he said lord i am with you always he's on your side at all times he's with you always and he'll forever be on your side somebody say god is forever on my side and so I'm forever victorious. I'm more than a conqueror. I win in all battles of life. I'm victorious in all conflicts of life. Because God is for me. So that understanding is critical. I have walked in this reality for some time now. I really don't care who is saying what, who is planning what, who is imagining what against me. I've told you, I've given this illustration too many times. That if Togo is coming to war against Ghana and the United States of America is on our side, that ends it. We will not pray about that war. Am I communicating here? Yeah. We, we won't pray about that war. That, oh, we, we are going to have a, a national prayer day at a Crossport Stadium because Togo is coming against us. No, 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 no. Yeah. One Tomahawk cruise missile released there will finish Togo now. now. Am I communicating here? Now listen, it's not United States that's for you. It's God that's on your side. It's the Most High, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So forget about all of those occultic people. They say this person goes here, this person consults that. In your office, you are not at peace. In your office, you are restless and you are consciously fighting and you are consciously thinking those who is going to do, somebody is going to do something against you. Listen, live your life in victory. That's not where you belong. So we are looking at internal, but you see, in as much as external enemies cannot stop us, there are things within us that sometimes we are allowed to stop our destiny. And we want to explore some of those things. These things may be spiritual. Somebody say spiritual. spiritual. 
they may be mental, some of them may be emotional, and some of them may be attitudinal. And so we've been looking at about 10 things, 10 things that can deny you access into new doors. God has already opened them. But if you don't deal with these 10 things that we are going to do, I'm, I'm starting with 10 anyway, and as I'm prompted by the Holy Ghost, wherever I get, I end it. If I have to extend it, I will extend it. Praise God. And some of these things, like I said earlier, may be spiritual. Somebody say spiritual. Some of them are mental. They are mental block. You see, you can't enter into new doors with old mindset. Is this still like you understand what I'm saying? It's not possible. You can't enter into new doors with an old mindset. You can't. The reason why the children of Israel left Egypt but couldn't enter Canaan because they left Egypt. Egypt never left them. Egypt was in them. Egypt was in them. Every step of the way. There are people who are aspiring to enter into new relationships, but they've not left the old. They have images of the gentleman in their photo album on their phone, and they begin to look at it, and they begin to think, oh, how on earth? What did I do? Why did I do what I did for us to end the relationship? Listen, let the dead bury their dead. Am I communicating? And move on into your future. God has better and greater things for you in your future. Am I communicating somebody here? You see, you have to understand that to enter the new, the old must go. So some of them may be mental. You are praying. Some of them are spiritual. Others are emotional. There are emotional issues you need to learn to deal with. You have to learn how to handle your emotions. Because if you don't handle your emotions, when you handle your emotions, you handle it well. But when your emotions handle you, they can lead you astray. Praise God. Some of them are attitudinal. Some of us, our disposition to life will deny us access into new doors. And in 2021, no door God opens shall be closed on you. You will not shut the door by your attitude. You will not shut the door by your behavior. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, God can bring you into a place of prominence, a place of impact. But if you don't handle yourself well, you can lose it. In account, they say that when a child washes their hands well, he's able to dine with elders. It's the same thing. You have to understand that spiritual things demand spiritual approach in order to obtain maximum results. The man David came into prominence as a young man, 17 years old. He was promoted. And in this year, many young people shall be promoted. In the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, in this church, we will produce the youngest Supreme Court judges and Supreme Court justices. Young parliamentarians will come out. People who command, that's why I'm doing Excel service to train you and shape you for it. Who said you have to be 50 before you enter Supreme Court? What makes you think that you have to uh, clock 45 or so before your own estate? Who told you that? It's a new level, it's a new season. If you can't think it, you can't take it, man. If you can't think it, you can't take it. You see yourself, you always underestimate yourself. You look at yourself and you don't think that much can come out of your life. But I came to announce to you, you are too loaded to fail. God has put so much in you that nothing can stop your destiny. So don't be aspiring for small things. Be aspiring for small things. You look around you, all the doctors who own private hospitals, they are in their sisters. So that's what you are thinking. Who told you that at uh, 30 or 35, God cannot bring connections in your way so that you partner with set international agencies and by the time you realize under 40, 
you have the largest private hospital in this country. Am I speaking to some doctors who are dreamers in this house? Praise God. That's what it's about. The Bible said, a small one shall become a great nation. A little one shall become a thousand. A small one shall become a great nation. So that's what we are doing in this series. We are exploring a number of such things and discover scriptural and practical ways to deal with them. Praise God. You have to know the things that can stop your access into new doors. When David came into the palace or the, the palace of Saul, the Bible said he behaved himself wisely. Somebody say he behaved himself wisely. When you come into the palace and you are young, you need to behave yourself wisely. A lot of people enter into palaces and they are young and sometimes they end up being sacked from palaces because they don't know how to behave themselves wisely. Sometimes God gives you an opportunity, you are a young pastor, by the time you realize you are people who are older than you, God has surrounded you with them, you need to know how you handle such people. Am I communicating? Because if you don't handle them well and your pastor position enters your head, you may mess up. The Bible gives us protocols on how we handle different people. Yeah? So you need to understand, you can be the boss of an office, you can suddenly find yourself leading an organization, your office, a certain amount is committed into your hands and you are in charge. And all of a sudden, because you have specialized, no, you are young, 32, 33, 35, 30, you are young, you specialize, and you have a lot of people who are under you. And they call you, said they call you boss. It doesn't mean that you are bigger than them. Handle them well. Some of those people who may not have your expertise can bring you down within a split second. Am I communicating here? They are speaking well of you can open strange doors and great doors of favor for you. Am I communicating here? You need to understand these principles or your prayers would be in vain. Most of the time Christians pray but we walk in foolishness. And you see, no matter how long you pray, if you walk in foolishness, you can't go far. The Bible says wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all that getting, get understanding. You don't walk in foolishness. Somebody say, I have the wisdom of God. I function in superior wisdom. I function in higher wisdom. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. Shout a better amen. Okay, so tonight I want to start with fear. Somebody say fear. Say fear. Fear, fear. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 8 to 11. First Samuel chapter 17, I'm sure you understand by now that First Samuel has to do with David and the Goliath. That's it. But it really, there are many characters in that text. It's not just David and these are the prominent characters in the text, but there are many other people who were there. Eliab was there. The, the big brother of uh, David was there. Saw himself was there. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself. Somebody say a man for yourselves. Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. Verse 9. And if he's able to fight with me and kill me, then will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and servants. Let's look at verse 10 together. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Let's look at verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly, 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 great. That's the thing. When Saul heard this, he became greatly afraid. 
When the soldiers heard it, they became greatly afraid. Have you been hearing news lately that makes you afraid? Yeah, a lot of them, right? Yeah. And that is why you must tune your radio right. When you buy a radio, it is yours. When you have a car and there's a radio in it, it is yours. Why should you tune your channel to a place where you'll be fed with false news? Why should you tune your radio to a place, a channel, that you'll be fed with fear consistently? Why should that be so? There's a radio frequency. They call it God's word. And when you tune there, there's no fear there. It's a radio where the news of faith is broadcast 24-7. Am I communicating here? That's where you should keep your channel. Because listen, news about fear, news that brings fear and trepidation, they are not going to go away. In the last days, you are going to be hearing more of such. And so you need to tune your radio right. Somebody say, tune your radio right. When they heard it, the Bible said, all of them were afraid. Last week, if you were here, we established the fact that when Goliath came and presented himself before the nation of Israel, he also presented an open door. Somebody say an open door. That open door was supposed to bring whoever entered into great riches. Somebody say great riches. Royal marriage. And then what? Task exemption. Task free living. Somebody say great riches. Royal marriage. And task free living. Great. That's it. That was supposed to be their testimony. That was supposed to be their experience. I mean some of the health practitioners over the past year or so have enjoyed task free living. Government has given them tax free, tax exemption. And they've been enjoying their monies. You can ask them. Yeah, you see, the tax system in the world is such that the higher you earn, the greater you pay. And so when you are liberated from tax, it can really sort you out in a very long while. Some of the people who are on a higher payment level, some of their tax exemption can buy them some land somewhere. The tax exemption alone. And he was going to be tax free all his life amazing opportunity. But Goliath was standing before him. The open door was Goliath. The new door was Goliath. Others saw Goliath and they cried. Others saw Goliath and they ran. That's why you need to deal with fear because your Goliath is your open door to your greatness. But if you fear Goliath, you won't deal with Goliath. And as long as you keep running away from your Goliath, you will never enter your palace. Receive grace and boldness to face your Goliath. So it's important. A lot of us have run away from opportunity. They ask you, can you do this? You say, I can't do it. And you can't do it because you're afraid you may fail. You can't do it because you think that you've not tried it before. You can't do it because you think you don't have the experience. But listen, this is a new season. The grace of God is available unto you. The power of God is available unto you. You may not have the experience, but once you embrace the challenge, the grace of God will take over. Paul said that I am what I am by the grace of God. He said, I thank my God who had enabled me. God enables you when you take up a challenge. And I see God enabling you this time. This is not a year to run away from challenges. When the challenges show up, show up. When they show up, come out with your test. I'm ready. I'm willing. I've never, listen, don't stay in this new commission, this new identity and say it cannot be done. I've not done it before. No, 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 no. When they present it, have you done some before? I've not done it before, but I will try. And I know I will make it. Am I communicating? That's how you are talking. That is how you talk. Can you do it? Yes, I can do it. Have you done some before? I have not, but I know when I try it, I will make it. 
Am I communicating here? Now, when you talk like that, there is no way people will not give you opportunities. Have you done something before? No, I have not. Don't lie about that. But can you do it? Yes, I can. What makes you so sure? Because the Holy Ghost lives in me. Oh, the Holy Ghost lives in me. And he's my quickener. He will teach me. He will guide me. I see you do great exploits this year. I said, I see you do great exploits this year. The American Heritage Dictionary defines fear this way. What's fear? Fear is a feeling of alarm or disquiet caused by the expectation of danger, pain, disaster, or like terror, dread, apprehension. A feeling of alarm and disquiet. A feeling of alarm. A feeling of alarm caused by expectation of danger. Some people are living under COVID fear. I may get it. And if I get it, I may become complicated. I may become a start. No, no, forget about it. Go above getting it to living above it. Am I communicating here? There are two things I mentioned when this thing started. I told you that, listen, you are above it. Even if you contract it, you are born and overcome over it. Am I communicating here? I said, go back and listen to what we started dealing with when it came. The, the messages are on Facebook. Then we were not having service. So some of you didn't even listen at all. But when you do listen, it will help your life. Praise God. Fear of danger, expectation of danger. You are expecting danger. The man Job was expecting danger. Every day, God has blessed him. He was doing so well. Finances were in shape. Family was in shape. But he was constantly afraid that something was happening to him. He may lose his money. And my car may crash. My children may go wayward. My, my job, I may lose my job. That is fear. You are living with a constant state of expecting bad and evil. A lot of bad things may happen, but never be in expectation of evil. Am I communicating? Don't keep your expectation on evil. The Bible said the expectation of the righteous shall not be what? Cut off, good or bad. So keep your expectations right. And the right things will be happening in your life. Shout a better amen. Now, fear is a giant that has prevented many believers from possessing their inheritance in Christ. It's a giant. It's a giant. Christ has finished the work and given us great inheritance. But many believers, they have been denied access to their inheritance in Christ. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 32, he says, I commend you to God, Acts 20, 32, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Somebody say, I have an inheritance. I am sanctified and so I have an inheritance. Say, I am sanctified and so I have an inheritance. But you know what? God gave the land of Canaan to the children of Israel. Do you know that those who were 20 years and above, none of them entered the land? None of them. None of them. And the reason why they could not enter was because they walk in fear. Read the account of Numbers chapter 14 verse 1 to 10. They could not enter because of fear. They could not enter because of fear. Listen, no door that is open for you shall be shut against you. In the mighty name of Jesus. But the time, listen, I just sense that I need to dwell here for some time. And so I'll just walk you through this teaching on fear very well. Because you see, some of the things God will bring you into, they will be too huge and they will be too humongous. And if you don't deal with your fear, you'll be running away from doors of blessing. Suddenly, as a young man, you'll find yourself sitting at meetings with people who are three times your age. Am I communicating? And I mean, 
some of them, their professional pedigree is way above your own. Some of the monies they will be talking. Crazy monies. And some of the figures, when you hear them, fear will enter you. So people spend money like this. People handle money like this. People talk about things like that. That's why, listen, in this series, I'm trusting God for one thing, that your capacity will be enlarged. Your spiritual capacity will enlarge. Stop them, stop them, stop them. Fear has rendered many talented people failures in life. Fear. In the book of Matthew 25, verse 24 to 25. Talented. Haven't you met gifted people who are not doing much for their lives? We see them everywhere. Gifted people, graced. Gifted. There are people who are here, gifted, and they can sing. If they join the choir, the King George will be shocked what they do. But that they are afraid. State fright. They can't. They can't give them, but they can't. Their gift cannot. The Bible said, Then he who had received one talent came and said, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Look at verse 25. He says, And I was afraid, talented, but fear stopped him. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. You have no idea the potentials God has placed in you. Never limit yourself. I said, not, Never what? said, I refuse to limit myself. I take the limit of my life. I take the limit of my destiny. I fulfill my potential. I express my full potential. I manifest my full potential. Take the limitations of your life. There is no limitation on you. The greatest of the greatest lives in you. So there cannot be a limitation on your life. Am I communicating? You have the mind of Christ. Your mind cannot be limited. There is no limitation. There is nothing you cannot do. Paul said, I can do all things. Somebody say, I can do all things. Woo! I can do all things. And sometimes when you quote it, you just, you just quote it for quoting. Say, I can do all things. And you know what he said? Through Christ. The word Christ means the anointed one and his anointed. Through the anointed one and his anointing at work in me. So you can do all things. You can pass the exam. You can, you can become a millionaire before 40. You can build and own multiple houses before you are 50. You can do all of that through Christ that dwelleth in you. Somebody say, I believe it. Your great potential can be stopped if you allow fear to rule over your life. In this introductory teaching on this, we want to look at seven great truths about fear. Seven great truths about fear. Number one is that fear is a common enemy. Somebody say, fear is a common enemy. Say, fear is a common enemy. One of the things I've realized is that sometimes when people are afraid, they think that they are the only people who are afraid. Haven't you met people who are doing great exploits and you are like, wow, I like the boldness of this sister. Sometimes somebody stands on stage and ministers or somebody shares a word on stage. Somebody sometimes is given an assignment. He's doing a presentation and does it so beautifully. And you look at them and say, ah, wow, I like the confidence of this person. Look at his boldness. Look at his courage. Look at the way he's articulate. And you always are tempted to think that those guys were not afraid. Praise God. I know some people, great performers, who will tell you they never get afraid. But I tell you, most of the time, before you mount the stage, the first thing you have to deal with is fear. Will it go well? Will it not go well? There's no great person who does not deal with fear. Any great person you, you see, you admire, they have had serious fears. 
Listen, fear is a common enemy. It's not just a common enemy. Fear is a common and a universal enemy. All human beings, we have it. Every human being. But there's one person who asks what it takes to overcome fear. And that is the sanctified born again child of God. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. And fear is one of the things I overcome. Yeah. First Corinthians 10 verse 13. He said, there had no temptation taken you. I like that scripture. There had no temptation taken you. There had no temptation afflicted you. But such as is common to man. Somebody say it's common. See, the temptation to fear is not unique to you. You are not the first to be afraid. You will not be the last to be afraid. So when fear comes to you, don't be surprised at it. Don't make fear feel that it has overpowered you. Tell yourself, fear, listen, now I know your secret. You have dealt with many people and many people have overcome you. And I want you to know that because Christ lives in me, I'm also overcoming you. Fear, the fear of death, the fear of sickness, the fear of failure. All of us will be confronted with the fear of accident. I've told you many times that most of the times when I enter a plane, one of the things Satan tells me, you are not coming back. Haven't I come back many times? I will come back every time. Praise God. I'll come back every time. I go when my time is up to go. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to fly again because of that. Listen, I'm appointed to the nations of the world. And I can't go to the nations of the world in a bicycle or in a vehicle. I have to fly to many of those places. So I can't live in fear. So you see, when you live in fear, you put a limitation on your destiny. Put a limitation on your destiny. You shall not be limited. I said you shall not be limited. Fear is a common temptation to all of humanity. All of humanity. Somebody come to share a testimony. Say, Pastor, I'm shy. You are not shy. You are afraid. You are afraid that you may miss your sentences. You are afraid that people may laugh at you. You are afraid. That fear. Tonight, you are liberated from fear. In the mighty name of Jesus. Fear became our enemy. The first thing Adam said, he says, I heard your voice and I was what? Afraid. Adam started it and it's been. When Jesus came, do you know that Jesus even feared the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7, Jesus himself was afraid. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. I mean, he said, Bible said, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong cries and tears with him that was able to save him and was heard, in that he feared. Are you hearing what I'm teaching tonight? Even Jesus, he was tempted to fear, but he didn't give in to fear. Listen, the temptation to fear is not a challenge. Giving in to fear is what makes you a victim. The temptation to fear is not the problem. Giving in to fear is what makes you a victim. I wrote here, I said the temptation to fear is not sin. Giving in to fear is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Giving in to fear. Giving in to fear. Giving in to fear. When you start to withhold money because you are afraid that you will lose money. You have given in to fear. When you begin to shut yourself in, I'm not going to meet anybody, I'm not going to interact with people anymore because now I hear that there's a spike in the COVID. Now, that is giving in to fear. I'm not complicating here. When you decide that you're not going to write the exam again because you have written it three times, you failed, and you are not sure. And this time, you are not sure. The way you are afraid, you think that you may fail. And so you are not going to write it again. That is giving in to fear. And the moment you do that, you are overcome. You have become a victim. You will not be a victim. I said you will not be a victim. You will not be a victim. The early apostles dealt with fear. 
Apostle Paul, the greatest apostle of all times, how to deal with fear. In fact, Apostle Paul talking about that, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 5, he dealt with internal and external fears. Internal and external fears. 2 Corinthians 7, 5, for when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. Whoa, 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 I'll talk about this. Our flesh had no what? Rest. But we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. Within were what? Fierce. Within were fierce. Within were fierce. Within were fierce. Anybody who has attempted something great always will have to deal with fear. The people who don't deal with fear, they are small people. They don't attain, they don't attain greatness. They don't go any far in life. But if you are going to attain and achieve something great, one of the things you need to master is fear. Fear, 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 fear. As a child of God, you don't have to live in fear. Somebody say, I don't have to live in fear. Say, I choose to function in faith. I refuse to give in to fear. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to at all. Number two is that fear is a spirit. Somebody say fear is a spirit. You have to know that fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. Fear fear is not just an emotional or psychological uh, force. Please don't be deceived. Don't allow anybody to deceive you. Most of us, we allow ourselves to be deceived. And fear is psychological. You have to uh, be self-disciplined. You have to tell yourself, make some decisions and it will go. No, fear doesn't understand that. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. Bible said, for God, I like it. I like this. For God have not given us the spirit of what? Fear. Somebody say, I don't have the spirit of fear. I don't have fear. Yeah? God have not given us the spirit of fear. If you have fear, there are fears in your heart as I'm speaking now. Let me tell you, God didn't give it to you. Satan gave it to you. And I don't know why a child of God, you would choose to collect something from Satan. Why should you? Satan says, I have a gift for you. Then you collect it. Your chief enemy, lawyer, your chief enemy comes to you. Says, I want to give you a gift. And you collect it. And you go and put it under your pillow. Can you imagine that? I mean, you can collect it. But the moment you enter your house, the trash can that is in the corner, there, you just drop it inside. Or better still, you just tell him, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested. If you, you are coming for reconciliation, it's fine. But I don't think I'm ready to take any gift from you. Your chief enemy cannot be the person giving gifts to you. He said, for God has not given us. Listen, please never forget it. Every time you fear comes around you, understand that it's not coming from God. No matter how legitimate it may seem, it's not coming from God. Fear of failure in your exams is not coming from God. Fear that you will not have a child is not coming from God. Fear that the project you started will fail is not coming from God. Fear that the church that we have started will not work is not coming from God. Fear that you will not rise into prominence is not coming from God. Somebody say, fear is not of God. I said, he said, God has not given us. If God didn't give you, don't take it. Don't receive it. Somebody say, I refuse to fear. I walk in faith. I function in faith. In the name of Jesus. Fear is not just an emotion. That's an emotional part of fear. But fear is not just an emotion. Fear is a demonic force. Fear is what? A demonic force. Maybe next week, when we begin to explore the dangers of fear or the harmful effects of fear, you come to understand what I'm talking about. Fear is a demonic force. Fear, fear. Do you know that the fear of death can hunt people down until they commit suicide? Fear of death. A fear of failure. A sense of hopelessness. That's what fear does. Fear is a demonic force. 
fears that the, this relationship will not work fear that the marriage will not work all of that is demonic satan is the source of it in the book of romans 8 15 he said for we have not received somebody said the spirit we have not received oh i like it so if you have it you didn't receive it he said for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear in other words we have received a spirit but that spirit is not the spirit of fear but we have received the spirit of adoption oh somebody should say an amen there You've not received the spirit of what? Bondage again to fear. But there's something you have received. Praise God. Just like we read, God has not given you the spirit of fear. But there's something else God has given you. What is it? He's giving you a measure of faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. He says, I say unto you through the grace of God that is given unto me. To every man among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly. According as God had dared to every man a measure of faith. Somebody say, God has given me faith. I work with that faith. I exercise that faith. I increase in that faith. I don't work in fear at all. I don't work in condemnation. I don't work in bondage. I work in liberty. Somebody shout an amen. I'm enjoying the service. I don't know about you. I'm enjoying the service. Number three, fear is a satanic device and weapon. Fear is a satanic device and weapon. It's a demonic device or weapon. Fear is a demonic device. You see, there are devices Satan uses. In the book of 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11, he said, lest Satan should get advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of what his devices less satan the only time listen 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 the only time satan has advantage over you is when you walk in ignorance that's why knowledge pursuit of knowledge is so important in the new testament once you get born again let me tell you what is most important for you is the knowledge of god knowledge 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 progressively knowing it's more important than anything revelation knowledge Two great things. Be born again and be ever increasing in the knowledge of God. God is so fundamental. He said, lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So, that is clear. I mean, that is, this is grammar. It's not Greek and Hebrew. It's grammar there. I said, there's no Greek there. We are not ignorant of his devices. The moment you walk in ignorance, you are already conquered. That's why your Bible and my Bible says, you will know the truth. And the truth shall what? Set you free. Think of it this way. You will be ignorant of the truth and you remain permanently in bondage. Praise God. Lest he takes advantage of us. It's a device. Somebody say it's a device. No. It's a device or a weapon. The Bible said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand all the wars of a devil. Then he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Then you come to 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. He said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You have to understand the weapons Satan uses. One of Satan's greatest and deadliest weapons is fear. Somebody say fear. It's one of his deadliest weapons. 
There is nobody Satan was ever able to conquer without, first of all, making the person afraid. The first thing Satan will do to conquer you and to make you a victim is to bring you into fear. The moment he can make you afraid, he's overpowered you. You shall not be overcome. Say, I cannot be overcome. Job chapter 3, verse 25 to 26. Oh, haven't you read about the CV of Job? How many of us have read about the CV of Job? Beautiful CV. Beautiful CV. Beautiful CV. Job 1, verse 1 to 10. Amazing CV. Job, the Bible said, now there was a man in the land of whose, whose name was Job? The one who was perfect. Somebody say perfect. Now, Job, under the Old Testament, that was a high CV. Perfect, because in this era, you can be perfect because Jesus has been made your perfection. God does not see weaknesses in you. He sees perfection in you. Because in Christ, God has perfected you. This man was perfect, upright. Somebody say, I'm upright. I'm perfect. Yeah, that was Job. One that feared God and eschewed him. So listen, no matter how holy you are, if you walk in fear, Satan can attack you. It's not about holiness. There are holy people who die before their time. Holy. Speaking tongues, all of this. It's not about that. Fear. Job. But look at what happened to him. I mean, you know what happened to Job? One day he lost his children, he lost his business, he lost everything that he's had. And it didn't just happen. Most of the time, you quote Job, God give it, God take it. That's a wrong quotation. One day I'll teach about stuff like that and you'll be able to appreciate the context of things. It's not everything that is written in the word of God. Everything was inspired by everything is not the word of God. Every word in it was inspired, but it's not everything that is God's word. Human beings spoke as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. I'm not complicating here. God give it, God take it. Where did you see God give anything and take? It's not, it's not scripture. It's not the nature of God. The Bible said the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. When he gave his anointing to Samson, did he take it? Even in his mess and sin, he held the pillars and he came down. I will teach on knowing God because when we know God, we are better able to enjoy our relationship with him. Because when you don't know God, you have a difficulty relating with God. You need to know God. Job 3, 25 to 26. Job 3, 25 to 26. The Bible said, for the thing I greatly feared. Somebody said, the thing I greatly feared. Or oh, say it here. The thing I greatly feared. Is come upon me and the thing which I was afraid of is come unto me. What are you afraid of? May I ask you tonight? What are you afraid of? That you die before your time? That you contract COVID? <laughs> Am I complicating it at all? No, 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 no. I don't live with any of those fears. That uh, maybe somebody close to you would lose his life. You hear news that, oh, and then they say the elderly ones are affected. Listen, there are many elderly people who have also gone through and recovered. Am I communicating? And those who recover, can't you count yourself among those who have recovered? Or those who will not be affected? One, there are a lot of elderly people who have not been affected. There are a lot of elderly people who have gone through it and recovered. Why are you only thinking about those who have died? And why are you categorizing yourself with those who will die? You see, your mind is not working well. Am I communicating here? No, that's, I don't mean to insult you, but your mind is not working well. Why will you want to think about something that will generate fear in your heart? Why? Why? I will not think about things that will bring fear to me. No. I'm going to write an exam and I'm imagining the lecturer because of the way he looked at me in class. I'm thinking that that lecturer will fail me. And you are, before you write the exams, you are just thinking, before you go to the lecture hall, you are just imagining how he's going to fail you. Your mind is not working well. 
Change your mind, let it work well. Somebody say, my mind works well. Job said, the thing I greatly fear has come upon me. Now, Job makes a statement in verse 26. Today, while I was meditating, I was, I was, so, I was so humbled by that. In fact, it pained me that Job could make this statement. I was not in safety. Neither had I rest. Neither was I yet quiet. Yet trouble came. Job was not in safety. And that's one of the dangerous effects of fear. Fear never allows you to have rest. When people are restless, it's because they are living in perpetual fear. You know, there are people who are not sick physically. But fear has overwhelmed them that they begin to reduce in weight. Just by reason of fear. There is nothing. They go to the hospital. There is no specific diagnosis. But fear has so overwhelmed them. Job, if somebody will say that I was not in safety, in other words, I wasn't safe, it shouldn't be Job. Should it be Job? Should it be Job? Now check Job 1.10 and you see why Job had no reason. And you and I have no reason to be afraid also. You have no reason. Job 1.10, Job 1.10, you have no reason to be afraid. David said, oh, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no He said, look, go to verse 9. Satan answered, that Job fear God for naught. Look at verse 10. He says, has thou not made a hedge about him? Somebody say a hedge about him. About his house. And about everything that he has on every side. Now, if there was someone who was defended and secured, more than the United States White House. It was Job. There was a head around him. Head around his house. Head around everything he had. But he said, I was not in safety. I had no rest. Every day, Job will wake up. Yay. So all this my money, will it be there forever? My beautiful children, will I see them in my old age? That's how Job ended. You will end like that. You will walk in faith. You will walk in victory. You are more than a conqueror. Stand on your feet. Begin to thank God. Pastor Afroqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 540 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Live Chapel. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 oh,